0: Good morning, IFC. How's everybody doing today? Would you turn to your neighbor and say, it's warm in here. It's stinking cold out there. Hey, if I haven't met you yet, my name is Josh Roberts, and that was my wife, Stephanie. And we're honored to serve as the pastors here. And I want to just say right up front, we'd love to meet you after the service. If you go to the second floor, we have a cafe with hot coffee. There's a fireplace up there. I'll be hanging out by the fireplace where it's warm, and I would love to take uh, a moment just to get to know you, hear a little bit about how you found our church and all that God's doing in your life. Hey, today's a very special day. It's Pastor Mo's birthday. Come on, make some noise for Pastor Mo in the back. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Pastor Mo, on behalf of the church, man, we love you. Uh, if you haven't met Pastor Mo, you're, you're missing half of your life. Um, and I just wanted to say in, in front of everybody, I'm so grateful for, for Mo Christmas. Uh, not only have we been friends before I came on staff, we were friends for many years, uh, but he's probably one of the most faithful men that I've ever met in my life. In 22 years of ministry, uh, I, I don't think that I could say that I've met anybody who has a I-get-to attitude more than Pastor Mo. It means the world to me uh, that you would serve with us. So from, from my house to your house, happy, happy birthday. Happy birthday. Hey, and while we're talking about it, I've given shout-outs this this past Friday our block students, which is our 6th through 12th grade. In fact, a lot of them are meeting right now. We meet, uh, the student ministry meets at the second service in the back back here. But Friday night, they had their first block party. Everybody say block party. And and the whole purpose of the block party was inviting their friends and and coming together and hearing about Jesus, worshiping the Lord. And so I snuck in and stole one of the sweatshirts. And so they don't invite me anymore. The older you get, they don't invite you. So I just figured I'm the pastor. I'm just going to show up steal some food and hoodie. And so um, again, I'm pumped about what's happening with our students. If you see uh, Philip or Leanne or any of their team, make sure you give them some knuckles and just say, hey, you're making a difference. You know, we relaunched our youth ministry a little over a year and a half ago out of COVID where we didn't have youth ministry. And on an average, there's about 85, 90 students back there uh, hearing about the gospel, meeting Jesus, encountering the Holy Spirit through the Word and through worship. And I got to be honest with you, I'm pumped. I'm super pumped right now because here's what's happening. It's, it's, it's making sure that our future is bright. You know, if you're new at IFC, again, we, we believe in generations. You look around, we have four generations that worship with us any given weekend, and that's never going to change because we're going to continue to plant the Word of God and the Spirit of God in the babies all the way through the teenagers to the young adults. What does that do? That makes sure the gospel goes forward. It makes sure the gospel goes forward, and then that's what we're doing. And so, again, grateful for all that they're doing. Would you pray with me this morning, and we'll jump right in. Father, I thank you for your Word. Thank you for the anchor it is in our life. Lord, as, as, we, we, uh, as we open your word today, we ask you to help us stay anchored in an ever-changing world. We're grateful for your word. It's the incorruptible seed. Lord, we're grateful for your spirit, your Holy Spirit, who's not only our guide, but he's our source of power. And so, Holy Spirit, we invite you into this room today. We thank you for the power that we receive through the gift of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, we we take all this, the Word and the Spirit, and we ask you to help drop it in our hearts so that we can impact the world everywhere we go. Lord, make us missionaries this week. Right here in our communities. Right here in our neighborhoods. Right here on our jobs. We ask you to use us for your glory that they would know you. In Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. I want to look at a few scriptures this morning and I want to share a little bit as we wrap up today's series. We've been in a series called Love All, Serve All. And again, this is our mandate for the year. Welcome home, Jacilio. Sorry, I just saw my friend Gisilio home from Brazil. Welcome back. We are in the series called Love All, Serve All, and it's, it's actually the mandate for the year. And if someone asked me, what's a mandate? Well, it's, it's just a fancy word for, for it's our instruction. This is what the Lord's asked us to do this year. It's, it's the assignment on this house. And so what we've done is we've put words around it so that you can run with it. And a few weeks ago, we had Vision Sunday. You can go back on the website. And I talked about vision, why it's important. But the biggest important key to vision is so that you can run with it. And I want to challenge you these scriptures and these stories and these points that I've been giving you the last two weeks and we'll finish today, that they wouldn't just be another message, but they would be your mandate. That that you would take it personally. I I was thinking this morning uh, how grateful I am for generations, which I'm grateful for. But I'm also grateful that this is a church of diversity. Look around. We all look different. We all look different. I love it. I mean, that's what heaven looks like. And and I was thinking this morning as I got up and praying, I'm so grateful for, for all the nations that I know if I call one nation out. And I favor them above another, then others are going to be angry. So I'm not doing that today, okay? Because there's 50-something nations. I don't have time to do that. We'll go through that in July. I'll list all the nations for you that worship with us. But this morning, I'm grateful for my African family. I'm grateful for, for, for the Africans. And, 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 and again, I'm grateful for everybody, but I'm, I'm highlighting them because there's something about African culture um, that, that blesses me as a pastor, and I'm just being selfish just so you know, you know, I, I greet people every week and it's because I want to meet people, but for whatever reason, I don't know if it's cultural or if it's, or if it's just part of this house, but Africans always come up to me after the service and say, thank you for the word, pastor. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know if that's normal, if that's natural, if that's something super, natural, but, but the Africans always come and they, they're just with gratitude. It's, it's not, um placating to me, they're truly grateful. And they say, thank you for the word. And then some of the older Africans, they always say, I receive it. I want you to know, they tell me this. I want you to know I receive the word. And I got to tell you, it blesses me because there's other people I try to shake their hand on. How you doing? It looks like I ain't receiving nothing you got, man. Like they're on a beeline to get out of here. So I'm, I'm grateful for that. There's a group of people and I believe that's the heart of this house. How many of you call IFC home? Like, this is your house. Come on, wave your hands at me. This is my house. You know, the truth is, is we all have the opportunity every week to not only hear the word, but to receive it. And today I want to finish this series and I'm going to ask you not to receive my words, but would you receive his word? The mandate that the Lord gave you uh, for, for, for this season is, is just not just words or some crafty thing that, that we've come up with. We, we really believe that this is the direction the Lord's called us to go this year. And so I want you to receive it. Everybody put your hands out and, and just receive it. Just I receive it. And, and not just in, in word, but I want you to receive it and be a doer of the word. The Bible says, don't, don't, don't deceive yourselves went to church, heard a great message, got all fired up, and then you went home and looked in the mirror and forgot who you were. When we look in the word, we see ourselves, He says, we should be doers of the word. So that was my pregame. First Corinthians 9, 19 through23. We've been looking at the scripture uh, for the last couple of weeks. He says, "Even though I'm free, everybody say, I'm free." free. Paul said, "Even though I'm free of the demands and expectations of everyone." I have voluntarily become a servant to any end in all in order to reach a wide range of people. Religious people, non-religious people, meticulous moralists, loose-living immoralist, the defeated, the demoralized, whoever. Everybody say whoever. whoever. He said, Now listen, I didn't take on their way of life. I kept my bearings, but I entered their world and tried to experience things from their point of view. I love this next sentence. He said, I've become just about every sort of servant there is in my attempt to lead those I meet into a God-saved life. I did all this because of the gospel message, and I didn't just want to talk about it. I wanted to be in on it. My prayer is that you don't want to just talk about the word. You want to be a part of it. That you don't want to just be a receiver of the gospel, that you want to be a part of it and help the gospel message go forward to reach those that don't know him yet. Is that your heart? I love this piece that he puts in here because I think it's important. He said, I became all things to all men so that in an effort I may lead some to Christ. And he said, I wanted to reach a wide range of people. Everybody say wide range. Wide range. Now again, we could look at our ethnicity here in the room, and we could honestly say we're probably one of the most ethnic churches diversely in America today. With over 50 nationalities worshiping together on a weekend, that's a miracle from heaven. I mean that. That's that is a sign God's moving here. But greater than that is we have people who are brand new to faith or know nothing about faith coming to church. At the same time, we have people that have been walking with the Lord for decades and they're coming to this church as well. To me, not only is the diversity a wide range, but even spiritual depth, man, we've got people that are deep and we got people that are tiptoeing around saying, I'm not sure if I want to get in this pool with y'all. The Water around here is kind of funky, but I like it. I say it this way, you tiptoe around the pool long enough, you're going to fall in and understand the water's warm, come join us. What God is stirring in this house is for everybody. And you don't have to tiptoe around. And I'll say it to you very clearly. You don't have to believe everything we say to belong here. You don't have to believe it all to belong. Here's my prayer. That you would come with an open heart. And wherever you are in your journey, you're going to experience the presence of God. And through that, you'll take another step. You know, I'm I'm a big believer in, in reaching a wide range. And it, 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 it takes effort, I'm going to be honest, it takes effort to, we, to reach a wide range of people. And, and we worked very hard, as I was thinking about it, even this morning. I was getting dressed, and, and I wanted to wear my new block hoodie that I stole from the student ministry. And, I, and, and as soon as I pulled it out, I, I was going to put the hoodie on. And I, inside, my own insecurity, I thought, I wonder what people are going to think if the pastor wears a hoodie on Sunday. I gave, you, I gave you guys, I'll be honest, I gave you a few seconds in my mind. I was concerned. What about the new people? What about the guests? And they come, and, that's your pastor? He's, he's got a sweatshirt on? He's got tattoos on his arms? And for a moment, I thought, I might get hot up there and I might have to pull my shirt up and the people are gonna think about tattoos and they're gonna miss it because they're sweatshirt and hoodie. And, and then I thought, that's just stupid. I'm just gonna be me. I, I just, I'm just going to be me. And by me being me, what I'm telling you is, would you just be you? I, I was thinking back about, uh, uh, as a kid, I grew up, uh, my, my, pa- my parents were pastors. And so I, if you know my story, I grew up on the front row. This is where our family lived. We weren't allowed to sit with our friends in church because they knew we were going to screw around. Y'all had a mom and dad like that? They didn't have youth group on Sunday mornings. We sat right on the front row. I took notes, and we had what we called church clothes. Anybody, anybody else, Mama? You bought church clothes. You do. You don't wear those clothes. We ain't going to church. Take them pants off. They're for Sunday morning only. I, I met an African gentleman upstairs. He said, "Man, we had church shoes." He said, "Where well, I grew up in Africa, I said we didn't have shoes." He said, "Those shoes were only to be worn in the house of God. Better not let me catch you playing soccer in those shoes, boy." Y'all grew up like that? So we had church clothes and I would get in trouble because I got three brothers and a sister and a bunch of rowdy friends. You know, you go to children's church and sometimes the spirit of wrestle just come on you. Spirit of Jacob just fall on you and you find yourself wrestling with your buddies upstairs. And after church is over, man, your hair is all sideways, shirts twisted, and your pants got a little hole in the knee. And my mom would be like, what you doing? in your church pants rolling around on the floor. And then, what something happened in the 90s where we realized because we're all dressing up, people that don't dress up don't feel comfortable in this house. Y'all remember when we used to wear three piece suits here? Like, that's not just a blazer, that's a blazer and a vest and a tie. Like, you fully suited up, man. I got the armor of God on. I'm sweating it up too because I got an undershirt on. All the women in their dresses, and then something happened. We realized we're keeping people out because they don't either dress like that or don't want to dress like that, and so they they feel uncomfortable here. And so we just decided, why don't you just dress how you want, we're going to dress how we want, and we're going to come worship God together. What is that? That's an effort to make sure that we're reaching everybody. I remember inviting my friends to church and they didn't want to come. It wasn't that they didn't want to hear the word. They didn't feel dressed appropriately enough to walk into the house of God. And I told them, I said, dude, it's just a building. Mm -hmm. Well, it's a church. Well, actually not. It's not a church. It's an old shoe headquarters. (laughs) You know, I mean, people that come in and they say, I think I'm in the wrong place. My friends invited me, but there's no cross on the building. Is this the church? I'm like, yeah, we're here. We're here, the church is here, and then they come in and hear the music, and, and, and the music's different. At their church, it was just one older lady on an organ. And they come in here, and they're like, what the heck's going on in here? They got electric guitar on the stage. Electric guitar sends you straight to hell, don't you know that? And I'm like, we love the electric guitar around here. And they come in, and they, 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 they're skeptical, but all of a sudden during worship, you see their foot tapping. And a few weeks later, you see them lifting their hands, what, what are we doing? I just want to say this, we're just trying to make everybody feel comfortable. Because here's the thing, my job is to welcome everybody, preach the word, and then the Holy Spirit will des- deal with you about all those other insecurities that you got. I want to reach a wide range of people. And so, and so we do that by, by making sure that we're reaching a wide range of people. How do we do that? It's, it's each and every one of us becoming a Missionary. I said this a couple of weeks ago, Oswald J. Smith, one of, one, of the, one of my favorite writers, authors, and pastors, pastored one of the greatest missions churches that ever existed in, in Toronto, Canada, at the turn of the century. And they sent millions of dollars around the world. But he said this that, that every person that comes to church is a missionary. Not just when you go to Brazil, not just when we go to Africa, not when we go to India or Pakistan and we send missionaries, every single person that calls Christ their savior and is a Christ follower, guess what? You are a missionary and your posture and my posture needs to be the same as Paul's. I'm not trying to find people like me. I want to be all things to all men to reach a wide range of people so that some of them may meet Jesus through me. That's our focus. That's our first focus. The second focus for the year, again, is serving everybody. And I want to read you this scripture out of Ephesians 4.11. Paul's talking to the church at Ephesus, and he's saying that the gifts have been handed out. God, our creator, handed out gifts above and below, and he filled heaven with his gifts, and he filled earth with his gifts, and he handed these gifts out in titles, apostle, apostle, Prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, and I believe there's more gifts. He didn't. He didn't exhaustive list, and this isn't the only list. But he said these gifts were to to train. Everybody say to train, train. to train Christ's followers in skilled servant work, working within His body, the church. Everybody say the local church. the local church. Well, how long? Well, until we're moving rhythmically and easily with each other, efficient and graceful in response. To God's Son, listen to this, so we may be fully mature adults. Everybody say, grow up, up. fully developed within, spiritually, and without, physically, fully alive in Christ. So the focus for the year is well, we want to see people saved, and then I want to see them trained in skilled servant work so they can grow into everything that God purposed for them before they were ever born. How are we doing that? We're going to love everybody, a wide range. Every color, every age, every demographic, every background, every neighborhood, every nation that wants us to be involved, we're there. For what? So we can serve them so they can grow up and be everything that God purposed for them, inside and out, spiritually mature. And I love this, fully alive in Christ. So many people walking around dead. Dead. The walking dead, even believers still walking, they've been saved, but man, they haven't been sanctified. Saved, but they don't know their purpose. Saved, yes, they have a ticket to heaven, but they're disengaged from his body, which means they're not growing. I love me enough to tell you this, showing up at church does not cause growth in your life. Church attendance does not mean you are spiritually sound, that you're spiritually mature, or that you've spiritually grown up. It means you like music, it means you like free coffee, and it means you like people. But if you want to grow in your faith as I do, and I know you do, there's another requirement that comes beyond saying, I'm saved, I've accepted Christ. It is I've accepted Christ and I want to grow into everything he intended for me at the cross when he was raised up and I'm going to be trained to serve others and because of that, I'm strong in him. Our our strength is not What the world thinks is strength. Those that are strong and mature, I I love education. We got, man, we got we got more educated people in this room than any place on the planet. This is the most highly educated church I've ever been a part of. I met a guy 17 years old a few years ago. I said, What do you want to do with your life? He said, I want to be an astronaut. I said, That's nice, Timmy. What do you really want to do? He said, I'm gonna be an astronaut. He said, I'm already flying airplanes at 16. I was like, you are going to be an astronaut. Nice to meet you, sir. You know, and and I meet all these people and I'm not knocking education. We need it. But, but, but here's the thing. We, we in the world, we, we put our accolades on the wall so people could see our diplomas and we give people titles so they can recognize their greatness. And we should do that. We should honor that. But today I want to talk about spiritual growth and the purpose of that. It ain't about you. Spiritually mature people don't hang their Bible school diplomas so they can have a flex on you to say, I went through two years of seminary. (laughs) That's just not that. You know what a true flex is if you've gone through seminary? This is the flex is how can I help you? How can I serve you? It's completely different from the world. It's completely different from the world. To train Christ followers in skilled servant work I like when we say it this way here at our church. We say, we believe that life is more fulfilling when we serve others. We just do. We believe that. And and, and I'll be honest with you. It's the only thing that we believe where fulfillment comes. It comes through Christ and then Him working through us to help somebody else. We say it this way. We believe that true fulfillment is serving others. Our focus, everybody say "Our our focus. Our focus, according to this scripture, starts right here in our local church. It extends to us serving our community and then the nations. And here's the thing IFCs do it all three at the same time. Yes, well, when are we gonna serve the nations? Oh man, we're serving the nations in, in, in every capacity we can right now, missionaries on every continent. Oh, what about our neighborhoods? Man, we're working in every community that we can and partnering with those in those communities that are already doing good work. What about our church? Man, we have dream teams that are serving those that are far from God so they can hear the gospel the first time. I will say this to you. Man, we're a full circle church. And when I say full circle, we're not specialists in, well, we're just going to take care of us in the house. We exist for those that aren't in the house yet. And we go to our neighborhoods and our communities to reach them. And then from there, man, there are some of us, we're ready to go around the world to make Jesus known on every planet. So what does this have to do with me, pastor? Well, here's what it has to do. If you want to grow in Christ, serving is required. We have several bodybuilders in the church, and I'm definitely not one of them. But, but I'm intrigued by people that give their life or their devotion or a focus to, 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 to chiseling themselves out physically, you know, whatever that is in them that they do that I, I appreciate. I, I can't do it. I, I just, I, I want to be fit, but I, I'm not, I don't want to be ripped. I don't want to be buff. That's just not my calling. But what, but what I think about in this, in, this, in this analogy is every one of us does want growth, And just like those that want the growth to be seen naturally, they go to the gym and they do what? They put in the work. They put in the sweat. They get up early. They prioritize it. So here's the thing. If we're going to prioritize natural things, what are we prioritizing in the spiritual things of our life? I'm not against going to the gym. We should all go to the gym. I'm not against eating right. We should all eat right. I'm not against taking care of your mental health. Take care of yourself. But here's the great thing that, that Christ gives us over all those other things. He's paid the price for some of But here's where we get to, to exercise our faith. Is, Lord, we get to be a part of the servant work. And as we serve others, man, we become stronger in him. Paul was talking in the scripture about growth, but not growth for a flex. Growth for a purpose. We say it this way here at our church. Healthy things grow and growing things change others. I added that. If you're healthy, you're growing in the Lord. Spiritually healthy you're consuming the word, you're, you're participating, you're receiving the spirit, you're following his leading, you're living your life according to the scriptures, man, that would cause growth in your, causes you to be healthy, which is going to cause you to grow. But here's the thing, once you become grown and grow up, now you get to change the lives of other people. You can't have a dead plant give life to a live plant. But I've had the opposite where I put two plants together, one was struggling, and I put it in the same pot, in the same soil, in the same nutrients, and the one that was dying, all of a sudden, man, it came to life. Listen, when we become healthy, we grow. And when we grow, things around us change. Like what? Like people's lives. Like people's destinies. Like people's purpose comes alive. Listen, there was something that happened to me at 18 years old when I come home, strung out from college on drugs and drinking, sick as a dog. And I got around a healthy man who was strong in the faith. And he used his strength in the faith to come down on my level and come to my house and meet with me where I was in my sin, in my shame. And he put on the role of a servant. and Because of that, he changed my life. And because of that, that's why I'm here serving you and pastoring you because I want to be healthy for the point of growing that I grow so much that it affects you. That's the purpose of the gospel. Not that we would have a one-way ticket to heaven, but that we would create a system and a way for others to get to heaven with us while we're here on earth. Come on, you could do better than that. Serving others is the key to growth. I'll be honest with you, with this whole idea of personal growth right now in our society has gotten way out of hand. And I want to caution you, especially the young people in here, because uh, it's it's personal growth, personal growth, personal growth. Self-help, self-care, self-help, self-care. Everywhere you go, that's all they talk about. And if you're on social media, it's all over there. Why is it that everybody is now a life coach? Like during COVID, everybody quit their jobs or or whatever. And now they've decided, I don't want to go back to the marketplace and do my normal work. I'm going to be a coach and help somebody else become their best. You can't help somebody become your best if you're not at your best. You can't help somebody get healthy if you're not healthy. You can pay five grand and go to John Maxwell, fly to Orlando this month and spend three days with John Maxwell and at the end, he'll give you a certificate, he'll shake your hand, take a picture and you can go to Facebook and put on there Josh Roberts, John Maxwell certified trainer. (laughs) Comes with the Barney Fife anointing where you start sticking your chest out. I'm all about it, I think you should do that. I love John Maxwell. I love leadership. And anybody else that's doing those things, I'm not knocking it, but I am going to knock it. If you're only doing it to help yourself, you've missed the purpose. If you're only strengthening your spirit, man, so you can flex spiritually with how much scripture you know or how loud you can pray in the spirit or how elevated you come off the ground when worship starts, you've missed the point. The point of serving is directly connected to his intention for us to grow. Listen to this in Mark chapter 10. We have two crazy disciples. Actually, they're all crazy. Just in this moment, James and John, sons of thunder, they approach Jesus while they're away from the other 10. And they say, hey, we need a special, we need to talk to you for a second. We're your boys, right? You, you know we're with you, right? Those other guys, they may not be here. That Judas, he's definitely not going to be here. But we're going to be here with you. We have a special, guest. would you make us, you know, on the left and right, when we get upstairs, can we, can we sit here and hit here? And, and he chastised them. In fact, I believe he called the other 10 rounds and said, hey, you guys are all going to want to hear this because these two knuckleheads think they're better than everybody else. So let's talk about it for a minute. And here was his response. I think Jesus was normal. I'm just being real. chastised them, He said, whoever wants to be great must become a servant. Whoever wants to be first, you better be the slave. This is what the son of man has done. He came to serve, not to be served, and then to give away his life in exchange for many who are held in hostage. He said, James, John, you dudes, the rest of you guys, listen up. IFC, listen up. If you want to be great in the kingdom, become a servant of all. Become a servant like Paul. Be all things to all men. Make sure that you're consistently serving. And in that, you'll find your purpose. You'll grow spiritually. And you'll actually be a leader within the body of Christ. Spiritual growth. As we grow in the word, which I want you to. As we follow the Holy Spirit, and and I want you to, you still need to realize that those two efforts together, the Word and the Spirit combined, are not for you to flex of your own power, but for us to use that power that we've given to start and begin to serve other people. What good is the Word if it's only a foundation for you in your house? What good is the Spirit of God If he only shows up when the music's right. There's a dying, hurting world out there. And because we come together under this umbrella as his church, we're committed to do what he's asked us to do. And that is to work fluidly together for the purpose of us growing and growing and growing that others would find the gospel. The world uses titles, accolades, recognition, special privileges, for recognizing personal growth but it's actually the opposite when you look at the kingdom principles submission serving humility are a few characteristics that God looks at and recognizes as growth markers in our life I was thinking back about my my childhood my my dad and his siblings, they all grew up in the same house. My grandparents lived in the same house for 50-something years. And so as a little kid, that was the house we went to on Sundays. My, my grandmother was in charge of communion, which we're going to take in a few minutes. And on Sundays, we had communion. It was the best because we didn't have little cups like this. We had these big trays. Did y'all go to church and they pass a tray down the aisle? And you took one of the little shot glasses out? That's what I threw growing up. My mom, my grandmother was the lady that prepared all that. So not everybody took communion. We always prepared more. So on Sunday afternoon, me and my brothers would go back to her house and we'd line all those little grape juice shot glasses up and we'd knock them back to, we had a stomach ache. We thought that was the coolest thing. And then we'd eat all the little wafers. Actually, our church, we passed a loaf of bread. It's definitely pre-COVID. We just passed a loaf of French bread down the the aisle. You just take off how much you, here you go, how much you need take and my mom would say, just a little pinch. I'm like, what are you talking about? I might be hungry. Dad going to preach for a while. But that's how I grew up. But at my grandmother's house on one of the walls, she had taken a ruler and marked the height of my dad. And my uncle Tim and my aunt Lori, as they grew up, it was lined up against the wall and they would take a pencil mark. Y'all remember this? And they'd mark it on there and she'd write Ross, which is my dad's name, and, and how tall he was, how many inches, and the date, so we knew if he's growing. And you'd go to the house over year after year after year as a little kid, and I thought, man, my dad's so tall, because I was down here. My dad ain't tall. He's probably a good five, six, he's tiny. And I remember saying, man, one day I'm gonna put my head on that wall and I'm gonna chart it and I'm gonna be the tallest. And I remember as a teenager and then even into college, my, my grandparents passed away, but I went back to the house and I went back to that wall for whatever reason and saw all those hash marks on there. And I realized that, that my grandmother had actually shrunk. True story. She was still charting her height as she got older. I hate to tell you, but the older you get, man, your spine compresses and actually you're probably going to shrink a little bit before you go home to see Jesus. <laughs> She shrunk two and a half, almost three inches over the course of her life. She reached the max potential in in, in height and then over the next 30, 40 years, she began to shrink down. We all, as natural people, we want to be known as the tallest, the strongest, the brightest, the bravest, the richest, the best looking, whatever thing you are, all of us are naturally wired. that way. We want to stand out from everybody else. It's, It's part of our natural being. But I wonder if the church has got it mistaken or upside down. And instead of us charting who's been here the longest and who's been the most faithful, it should be, let we'll see who has shrunk over time. That man, over time, man, they lowered themselves a little bit more. They were a little bit more humble. Man, and there's a season in their life you could tell like God was working and they even got lower because they joined the team. they were starting to show up early and stay late. and They were doing things that nobody asked. And, And at the end of their life, man, you could see there was something about them that they had actually shrunk down to the posture of a skilled servant. Yesterday, we were here with some of our church family and friends from our community to celebrate the life of Ken Polk. Ken served on staff with us for 20 plus years in all kinds of capacities. And to gather in this room and to be at the funeral home on Friday and celebrate this amazing man's life was, was powerful for me. I've gotten to work alongside Ken for seven years. He's the nicest guy you ever met. And when I was at the funeral home Friday and then here yesterday with the service, you were hearing, we were hearing stories about Ken's life. And it wasn't about how strong Ken was. It was about how much of a servant Ken was. Everybody that talked about Ken said he, was, he got saved in his 50s. And for the last 25 years, Ken wasn't trying to get taller. Ken was trying to get lower because he was growing in his relationship with the Lord. And, and when you heard about Ken, <laughs> his, his, first, his first commitment was to serve his family. that's christ-like that's something we're celebrating that's a man we're cheering on and making a big deal out of started with his family first but then everywhere i go in the community everybody knows him as oh yeah pastor ken pastor ken you know ken polk he's on staff with you at the church i was like you're right he is pastoring without the title He didn't need the title to be a pastor. Everywhere he went in the community, he was telling people about Jesus and lowering himself and being a servant to all in hopes that he would win some. What a legacy. What a legacy, Kenny. Servant to a wide range of people that he would hope that someone would know Christ as he did. John 3.30, as we close He said, he must increase, I must decrease. The NIV says, he must become greater, I must become less. Today, I want us to stand together, and I'd like us to close this series out by taking communion. If you would, just stand with me. In the seat back in front of you, there's a communion cup, there's a prepackaged wafer in there and some juice. If you're joining us at home and you want to participate, go grab a cracker, grab some juice real quick. And I'll just say, you don't have to be a partner here. You don't have to be a member here to take communion with us. All is welcome here. And today, what I'd like to do is take communion to to seal this in our hearts. I can bring the mandate to you and I can present it to you, but you have to receive it. And then you have to walk it out for, for for your life and for your family. And so I thought there's no better way to finish this series before we move forward and and the rest of the stuff the Lord has us do this year. We'll talk about this series throughout the whole year, but I wanted us to take a, a moment and consecrate ourselves to the mandate. You look through the Old Testament, there was all kinds of sacrifices that had to be made at different times for God's people. Some sacrifices to atone for sin, there was other sacrifices to enter the presence of the Lord. I won't get into all that, but I want you to know today that the ultimate sacrifice was made for you. Thank God. Me and you aren't cutting up bulls and doves at our house. Our fireplaces are used to heat the place, not to ask for forgiveness of sins. Jesus Christ was the spotless lamb who laid down his life so me and you could have direct access to God. And I want to celebrate that today. I want to remember that today. And I want to remind you of that today, that the Lord, the head of the church, is asking us to see people the way that he sees them. And he's calling us as a church to love a wide range of people and then serve them with everything that's in us so that they would become who they've been called to be, that their destiny and their purpose would be revealed. And so today, that's what we're doing. We're gonna gonna do this together. Just take that wafer. Just hold it up in the air with me. Make this personal to you. Just close your eyes right where you are. Bible says his body was broken for us. This wafer, the bread, just represents his broken body. And today when you receive this, man, declare that your life is whole. Declare that health belongs to you. This is the assurance that you will, that your physical body will uphold the purpose for which God called it to. And so, Lord, we receive this by faith. We commit to walk this out. Thank you for health and strength to be able to come and go and be who you've called us to be. Your hands and your feet we declare health, healing restoration in our physical bodies. In Jesus name. Amen. Go ahead and take that. Open up that second, second little covering there. There's some juice in there. We see it many times in the New Testament where Jesus is is talking to his disciples, but this one specific night he's having dinner with them. It's the night before he was going to go and give his life away. And he took the bread and told them, my body's going to be broken for you, man. Live a healthy whole life. No, I'm doing this for you. But he also held up a glass of wine. He said, this juice, this wine, it represents the shed blood, my blood that's going to cover your sins. What sins? All of them. Well, you don't know what I did back then, the back of the day, it's already been covered. What about what I'm going through right now? It's covered, and and I'll tell you this, it covers future sins too. When you receive the blood of Christ, what it does is it sets you in right standing to do what? To access Him, God, your Father, and it empowers you to fulfill your purpose. Lord, we thank you for your shed blood. We thank you for the blood of Christ poured out to bring us into right standing, into relationship again with our Heavenly Father. And we receive this by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. It's easy to preach a message or a series and say, hey, do what you want with it. If it fits you, put that shoe on, wear it. If it doesn't, it's all good. Go find some other shoes. I don't feel that way about this series. I really feel like this is the direction for us as a church locally and globally. That he's asking us to not only pray for laborers to be sent, but he's asking us to consider ourselves those laborers and see people the way that he sees them. And then he's asking us not only to see them, but to serve them. All across this room, would you just close your eyes where we, right where you are? Maybe you're here today and you've never put your hope in Christ. Maybe you're watching online today. You've never put your hope in him. In fact, for some of you, you would actually probably say, I feel hopeless. This message that I preached is a message first for you. To know that Jesus has a purpose for you, is a plan for your life, and he died to give you hope again. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you don't have that connection with him, I want to extend that opportunity to you. I won't embarrass you. I won't call you out, but just do this. Wave your hand at me. Just put your hand up and wave at me and say, Pastor, that's me. I need Jesus today. Anybody in the room today, you say, Pastor, I need, yes, I see you guys, yes. Thank you for your braveness. Yes, yes. Lots of hands going up. Pastor, pray for me. Just wave it at me so I can see. I want to know who I'm praying for today. Say, include me in that prayer. I need to know that. Yes, yes. See you over here. I see you, buddy. Yes, sir, right here in front. I see you back here anybody else, man. It takes courage. I'll be honest with you. It takes courage to make Jesus the Lord of your life. It takes courage to, to lay down your plans and follow him, but there's no greater fulfillment. If you're here today, say, man, that's me. I need Jesus. Put your hand up. Put it right back down. Maybe if you're watching online, let them know right there in the chat. Just type it in there. Say, somebody pray with me. I need Jesus today. Maybe you're here today you say, man, I've been, I've been a part of church. I, I know God, but I've been away. I've I'm not, I'm not really been doing what you're talking about. I've not really been serving others. I've been focused on myself. But today I want to make a fresh commitment today. I want to make a fresh commitment to the Lord. I'm going to love everybody and I'm going to serve everybody. If that's you and you're, and you're saying, man, I need, just need to get some things right today. Just put your hand up and put it back down. Wave at me. I see you Yes, I see you, buddy. Yep. Yeah. Look at me up all up here. Look at me. I see you. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. I see you. <laughs> so many hands going up today. We're a family church here. And so we like to do things family style. It means we partake, we share together. So would you do this, whether you raised your hand, or whether you should have raised your hand, or maybe you're one of us that's prayed this prayer many, many times. Let's say it out loud together. Say, dear Heavenly Father, I believe in Jesus. I believe that you sent him for me to die on that cross, to be raised from the dead so that I could receive everlasting life. Today, in front of my friends, in front of my family, I choose you. Jesus, I choose you. I lay aside my plans I ask you to show me my purpose. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, give some noise for all those that prayed that prayer today.